The Greenwood and Mulliner Show is sponsored by OneFootball. OneFootball is the app you all need to get the latest info on Newcastle United and the Premier League. Make sure you go and download OneFootball today. Newcastle Fans TV. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Greenwood and Mulliner Show here on Newcastle Fans TV. Me and Sam Mulliner, who... I think we'd like to say or like to apologise in advance if this uh, video hasn't, if this uh, or, uh, or podcast hasn't been edited because... No, it is. Few... It's going to be edited. It's going to be a different <laughs> one this week because we don't need to hear us filling for <laughs> the best part of 15 minutes whilst Wesley Ungobahang, who is our guest this week, who is fantastic, by the way, um, sorts his connection issues out. Um, the first 15 minutes was like banging your head against a brick wall. So I'm going to not subject you to all of that. And so you'll you'll miss the intro. It'll just be straight into the, the meat and potatoes of the, of the interview this week for a change. And to be honest with you, Sam, what a fantastic man is Wes because when he first came to Newcastle Kevin Keegan the great Kevin Keegan said this is a wonder kid he's got the pace he's got the power six foot one striker if he gets a bit of luck and takes it seriously he could be a hell of a hell of a player just very unfortunate with two really really bad knee injuries which he does talk about in this podcast yeah, did did his cruciate, didn't he? Um, which kept him out for eighteen months. Um, but I mean, look, it, 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 there's no getting around it. It's killed his career for the from the top level. There's no getting away from it. Um, but he's managed to turn that round now and use that for his like use that experience for his life after football. Now, where he started an agency, a consultancy to help. Um, young players to help young people to help players out after football so he's turned it into something really really positive um, which is great to see um, knows a previous guest of ours as well Seb Bassong was with him last week um, who does similar uh, similar things so yeah it, it's great really great to see and um, yeah it is really great to see um, and I've just remembered whilst we're apologising, um, because once Wesley did get his connection back, um, he didn't have any headphones. So it lo- it sounded... I did my best muting mics at various times, but I apologise because at some points during the interview, it does sound like me and Johnny are broadcasting from a very deep, dark cave. But this cave has fantastic guests and... <laughs> and great chats. And great chat, exactly. But we're recording this just coming out of an international break. Newcastle haven't played, and there has been a few bits of news. Um, one bit of news I want to talk about is not necessarily about the first team, Sam, but it's about N Newcastle. And it's a, a building which Newcastle have just opened, and Shulami Obi uh, was one of the uh, Newcastle representatives there to open. This new facility, foundation ambassador, isn't he, Shola, as well as yeah. loan coordinator. And if you yeah. remember, what about eighteen months ago when we had Steve Baharrell, head of the foundation, on this was just this work was just getting undertaken. It was it had just started. So now we get to see the finished product. I've seen pictures and video clips on 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 impressive, social it? media. It, it's very, it looks very impressive. I can't wait to go and see it. Um, 
we're we're talking to Steve, and um, we'll we'll get in there and have a look around and and do something for NFTV in there um, at some point. So yeah, I can't wait to go in there because it, it's just what a time to be in Newcastle all of a sudden. Just great for the community, brilliant for everything, and and just another um, olive branch to to how great the club and the city is is becoming again. I don't really want to talk about Sunderland in this podcast, but I'm going to mention Sunderland just in regards to what we've been talking about. Because when we did the Six Aside match with SCSE Fan TV, we did it at the Sunderland version of this their community centre. And it was so impressive. You couldn't help but be jealous, if I'm going to go. I think jealousy was the right word at the time. I think, wow, they've got a fantastic facility here. Brilliant for the community. Brilliant get kids off streets and play football or to be taught and educated about the way of the world, how the world works, but to enjoy the sort of activities that the club can put on. And now Newcastle have that. And like I say, I've not been in yet, but it looks very, very impressive. Um, obviously, we'll try our best to see if we can do something, and I'm sure we will do very, very soon. Um, just finally, Sam, we're going back on to Wesley. Um, he does talk about Bruno Gamirez. He talks about Newcastle United right now. But he comes out with a big statement towards the end in regards to Newcastle, and um, it's all very positive at the minute, which is brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to get too carried away because the job of this season isn't done yet. As, as much as like you know, the, the nine game unbeaten run was ace, and you know we were unlucky with two one nil defeats, um, more so at Chelsea than Everton. That was pretty dreary, but. The job's not done yet, but when it, if and when it is, then yeah, it's 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 we've got something really to look forward to, and the good old days could be on the way back. And I don't mean by oh yes, we're going to be Man City and we're going to win this, this, and this, because that, again, I've always maintained that's not what it's about. But if we can get back to challenging for things and and having ambitions, like when I was a teenager growing up under under Sir Bobby Robson, like Newcastle are in the conversation. With at that time, it was Man United, Arsenal with a big two, and then you had Newcastle, um, Liverpool, um, and then to a lesser extent Chelsea pre Abramovich, who were just on the on the way up the season before Abramovich took over. But um, yeah, we we're in the conversation then, and hopefully soon in a few years or whatever, we can at least get back into a similar conversation, perhaps. It's always nice to be in the conversation, but I think a conversation that we should listen to is the group well, of Wesley. Part of one, anyway, is with Wesley and Go Behind. So let's get this show up and running. It is the Green and Mullen Show with Wesley and Go Behind. The Greenwood and Mulliner Show on Newcastle Fans TV. Should be good now. There we go. Let's yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> that was missing. <laughs> right. right, where were we? Where were we? I think we were I talking we were about, about Alan Shearer. So, so, yeah. So, the, so the, the next thing we've got to talk about is the fact that when you're at Newcastle, you're in the reserve side, Wesley. How much did you learn while playing in the reserves? The thing is, I used to train with the first team and play with the reserves. So, you know how um, intense are the trainings with the first team. Then when I used to play with the reserves, it looked a bit easier 
if I can say so, you know, and you are trying to push to play with the first team. So it looks easier and the motivation is very high. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I mean we, we, whilst, whilst you, uh, you uh, had your break, had your break there, there, um, um, we were talking, we were talking about, about injuries. injuries. Of which, of you, which suffered you suffered quite a quite few, a few. Um, um, some real bad ones as well. Was it crucial as well? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Not, many Not many players come back from that at all. all. Um, um, did you, you realise at the time, the time that, it might that it might pretty much, pretty much set, set you back and ruin your career at the top level? And how hard was that to deal with mentally? I remember that I went to see the doctor, which is still the same one, uh, and he told me, look, you might be out for eight or nine months. And I was supposed to go to the Olympic with uh, Cameroon. So I was like, right, I've got two years left on my contract. I might come back and have, I don't know, maybe one year and two or three months. So I started to think that, wow, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. And um that's when I started to kind of get close to the first team. So it, let's say that I was the, I don't know, the fourth striker. But when you get injured, the one who was behind you passes you. And the one behind passes you. So it's very hard because you are, first of all, you are very lonely because you're not training with the team. So this is the first thing. And then... I mean, you don't want people to to not be successful, but the strikers doing well makes you realize that you know you might not get a second chance. So the club did everything to make sure that I had the right operation, uh, good people around me. They used to come and see me in France, and that's why I'm very grateful. You know, I'll, I'll be forever grateful towards the club, but it's very hard. When you are when you get a long term injury, it's hard because the manager might not be the same. You know, the owners, I mean, you come back and everything changed. So it's like you have to start from zero. And I wasn't the player that the club bought for like 20 or 30 millions. So if I'm not fit straight away, they're just gonna say, look, Wes, we love you, you're a great guy, but you know, your time is up. And I, I could see it coming. That was the hardest part. It must have been very difficult for you. While you were at Newcastle, Newcastle when you were when training with the first team, who was the who one striker that, that you looked up to? Um, Mark Viduka. Mark really? Viduka, yeah. Yeah, Mark Viduka. It might sound funny, but there was something about it because I'm not going to be... You know, say, I'm not going to say bad things, but Michael Owen at Newcastle United wasn't at his prime. You know, let's be honest. So everybody everybody knows. But Mark Viduka, he was close to the young players. You know, he kept giving me advices. And for a striker, you need to be a good finisher. And at training, what Mark Viduka was showing was just, you know, him and Shola, because everybody says... That Shola at training, honestly, it was something else. That that's crazy because sometimes during the games, it was good, but 
not as good as what I used to see at training. Shola was just unreal at training. There's some parallels in that because the lads say now apparently that Joe Linton's amazing in training, training. But, but obviously that obviously wasn't that the case wasn't the beforehand. Case beforehand. What, what do you think about the Joe Linton situation and how great he is now? But he's playing midfield now, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? For a striker, if you don't score for three, four games, you start, you know, questioning yourself and you need a fresh start. And I think that's very clever from the manager. That's very, very clever. And now his confidence is back. And I'm sure that if he goes up in front, he'll be good again. 100%. There was a lot, was of, a lot coaches of coaches and managers, managers. at your at time at Newcastle United. Yeah. Who did you Who did you learn the most of? Um, I gotta go for Chris Hutton. I gotta go for Chris Hutton because if you think about it, he didn't come as a first manager. If you remember, he came as an assistant manager, and then Kevin Keegan left. And he had the job. And think about this. Newcastle, a massive club, going down to the championship. Nobody wanted the job. Because, you know, players were going to leave. So it was very hard to, to build the squad. And Chris Hutton at this time, you know, he got everybody together. Like I'm telling you from the inside, he got everybody together. Physios. Uh, the people uh, who are working in kitchens, like whatever. He got everybody as one group, one club. And then we all went to the same direction. That's why we went back up straight away. And if you look at it closely, there's many clubs that are coming down championship, they're not coming back straight away. Because they didn't, you know, had the everything to make the group. So let's go for Chris Hutton. Were you at the Leighton Orient game? Yeah. <laughs> look, um, look. <laughs> I got to go through this game. Uh, I think we got beat 6-0. Mm. And it was all over Sky News. I remember Sky Sport News. I remember. Um, but, look, I'm, 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 <clears throat> I'm telling you from the dressing rooms, there was many players who wanted to leave at this time. So they played, but they didn't want to play. And honestly, after that game, that's when we won the league. I'm telling you why. Chris is a very nice guy. And before this game, I never heard Chris going crazy. Never. But in the dressing room, after this game, I remember he said, you want to test me? (laughs) I'm not going to be worried, but he said, you want to test me? <laughs> and it's like, everybody was like, whoa. Wow. We can't play with Chris. If you want to leave the club, just leave the club. And I remember he was talking and um, Cisco, the Spanish uh, striker, he went to the the shower while Chris was talking. Chris was like, look, you're never going to play for the club again. And Chris made us realize that he can handle the job. And after this game, poof, we went back up. So it's like we needed to go, I'm, I'm not going to say 6-0, but we needed this moment to trust Chris. 
and then everybody was backing him and that's why we went back up but that was wow i remember i got a lot of messages after the game people were not happy at all <laughs> yeah cisco was you... rubbish wasn't he yeah, yeah and i think was, was, they were in league one yeah. Later yeah, on, yeah. yeah yeah and everybody you know what everybody was laughing at us like mm. every club everybody and what's crazy is sky Sport news they had the game on repeat like you watch sky Sport news you see the goals you watch sky Sport news 20 minutes later you see the goals again <laughs> that was crazy and then wow league one, league league one, one is a one very is difficult, difficult to uh, division Leslie. we some of them are in league one very very difficult very, to yeah. get out of that division <laughs> i'm saying chris he deserves a lot of credit because when you are a big club and you go down, it's so hard to get everybody together and make sure that you come back up straight away. Because if you stay more than one year, it's over. Yeah, it, it really no, is. Yeah, really you nice Yeah, I was just going to say, say Sam. Uh, when when Chris Hutton gets that team together and it gels, and we get back into the uh, Premier League. Do you think at that point they should have given the, the youngsters more of a chance, maybe towards the back end of that championship season, like Wesley, for example, to say, look, let's give them a real opportunity at this level, or at least give them the cup games and, or a good pre-season? Do you think, that, Sam, that's unfair to the likes of Wesley? Because he could have really flourished in that, couldn't he? Possibly. That was, the, that was supposed to be the plan. I remember the first friendly game I started this season. I started because... I had a crazy uh, training camp. I was very good. I was doing very well at training. And um, everybody used to say, oh, look, big players are going to leave. Uh, young players going to get more time in. But for some reason, they bring few players in that we didn't really need. Let's say, uh, is that Marvin Howard? Yeah, Marvin Howard. Yeah, yeah, I mean, with all the respect, but we didn't need him at the time so yeah they, they brought few players in and the young players when you see if you are a striker and you're doing well at training i kept scoring goals with the reserves the attitude was right so i expected more oh i was like look chris if you don't want to play me can i go on loan no don't go on loan you're gonna play you're ready blah 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 so i was like all right no problem and then a player come in Another one comes in and, it, you know, you start realize that, wow, uh, my contract is nearly, is nearly gone. So what's going on? And we, we were on top of the table with, you know, seven points, six points, um, different with the, the second team. So, you know, they, I think the club at this time could do more with the young players because we love the club, all of us. Kazenga, Lua, Lua, uh, Nile Ranger, uh, Frank, uh, Mark Doninger, all of us. We love the club. The attitude was right. So I think, you know, and if you play two games, three games, then you won't feel the pressure. The first time is very difficult. You know, you come in full stadium, but if you play two times, three times, four times, then you do, then you're good. So, yeah, I think this season they could have, you know, they could play this. 
just to pick up on, on on two things you said there was Niall Ranger and and attitude completely unrelated but Niall Ranger seems an interesting guy um not always for the right reasons um how did you find him uh, you know what's crazy i think i'm 3 years older than Niall and chris kept saying to Niall look be as good as Wes um, in terms of attitude. I think that, you know, when you, like me, when you're coming from rough areas, the problem is you want to keep that attitude so the people from your hometown can say, oh, he hasn't changed. He's still one of us. And I think that Knight took this too seriously, you know. I used to get on very well with him because we're coming from the same kind of areas. But look, we're professional now. You know, football is our job. And that's why he was supposed to be a great player, you know. But look at him now. It's because the fact that he was coming from rough areas, he took it too seriously. And he wanted people to say, oh, he's a player, but still a gangster, you know. And it doesn't match. That you have to make a choice. I used to think like Nile a little bit. That's why I'm saying it. And he won't be mad at me because, you know, he's a great guy, great friend of mine. But I'm sure that, that you know, last London thing was, you know, was a bit too much for him. Yeah, I think that's yeah, a think really that's good really point good. you've made there. I think you, when you talk about like likes of Nile Range, I think it was really, really interesting because he did have a lot of talent. And I think it's, it just shows that you probably need a little bit of luck, a little bit of hard work, and maybe you just need to, I don't know, have the right, right manager, the right people around you to, to make to the make very, very top. Ten. Club gave him many chances, like many yeah, so chances. I was just about to say that. Yeah, I wish I had as much as, you know, as Nile. I'm sure that I would still be playing in the Premier League now. He had so many chances. I was like, Nile, <laughs> come on. Look, I'm not playing. You're playing. And at the same time, you're doing crazy stuff. And you know what's crazy? If I, if I take you inside the, the changing room at the time, um, so many players told him, look, you're playing for a massive club. And it doesn't come, you know, this chance, it doesn't come... 20 times. But if you don't take it, one day you're going to regret it. And look now. Yeah. 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 And, and that, that's the thing. Like from the outside looking in, you you were, as a fan, you were watching going, why isn't someone in the dressing room pulling him aside? But the fact, the fact is that is was that... happening, but he still, still couldn't do anything about it. about it. Every language. Everybody tried. English, <laughs> French, Spanish. <laughs> Everybody tried. <laughs> um, I, I want to ask Wesley about the Newcastle United supporters. How did you did you get on with them? Well, did you mix with them in the city centre? What did you did you find them? Well, how did you find Newcastle in terms of the city, the, city, the, fans, the culture, culture everything? everything? You know what? I think this is the most beautiful part, and I'm telling you something. Um, I want people in Newcastle to realize how much they make the players feel good. You know because. When you're coming from another country, it's tough, you know. Um, you have to speak an, a, a new language. Uh, you have to discover a new city, a new culture and everything. And the love that the first day you get in, they love you. They don't even know what you look like on the pitch, but they already love you. And um, if you see them on the streets, 
they're not gonna be mad. They're gonna talk, oh, how's your kids? Uh, how's your wife, blah, blah, blah. And when I signed for Newcastle, like I said earlier, uh, my mother passed 10 days before I signed for the club. And a lot of people knew about it. So I used to get um, letters from fans. And people used to come and see me at training ground, asking me how I was. Um, they write letters in French. They wrote letters in French to show me to show me the love. And, you know, that was just too much. So the, the people in Newcastle, honestly, when we say Newcastle fans are the best of the world, we're not talking about just the atmosphere at the stadium, but we're talking about the love, that the love they're giving you every day. When we, when we got relegated from the Premier League, I remember any clubs, people would be mad. People would come at training, and, you know, with the bad attitude. But I remember when we went down, the fans, they came at, is it Long Bengton, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So they came at the training ground. They were actually crying. They were crying and saying, we all together in this, we're going to get back up. And I remember there was, um, I think there was, somebody wrote something on the wall, um, Newcastle Championship Winners 2009-2010. And that was in 2009. So just to show us the love. And, you know, it says a lot about the fans. I mean that is incredible. I mean, some of us uh, ran home from the pub and cried to the mum when uh, th- when they got relegated. <laughs> but th- that might have just been me. Um, but, um, where was your favourite places of the city to go, like outside of training and, and match days? Wes, did you did you um, immerse yourself in the culture of the city? I gotta go, Fernando's. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, you know what? I used to love walking down on the uh, Keyside on Sundays. I love Keyside. Honestly, I love Keyside. But you know, I mean, I love everything about Newcastle. This question is unfair. <laughs> I love everything. <laughs> you know what? Let Even said, said uh, Basson, he calls me a Georgie. Say, oh, Wes, you're a Georgie. You're a Georgie. Love it. You're not going to know this, and I'm not expecting you to know this, but that answer would have tickled Sam because of that. The first answer you said there, because of what I do for a living. Uh, let's just let's just say um, works for Nando. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what? Give me a discount when I come back. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? is that? The one? Uh, is it the gate? It's not that long. I was there last last week, though. I'll I'll tell you after. I'll tell you after. (laughs) Problem. Yeah. (laughs) Moving on. I have to to ask, um, how difficult was it towards the end at your time at Newcastle? I I I think you you must get a feeling as a footballer or a player at a club that you know maybe my future's elsewhere. But did did you feel you had maybe a bit more to give? Did you feel like you could have had uh, one more chance, one, one more opportunity, or did you know quite quickly that it, it wasn't really going to happen? I that I deserved one more year. That's my personal thought. One more year, because I was coming back from injury from a massive one, and 
I was showing good stuff, you know. So, but at the same time, we were coming back to the Premier League and Chris was, you know, very straight. He said, look, we're going to spend money over the summer because we're coming back to the Premier League and we can't just come back and play just to, to stay up. So we're going to, you know, try something more. So for the young players, it got very complicated. And um, it was tough because apart from football, I loved being in Newcastle. And I think that was the hardest bit because I stayed three years and, you know, after a year or a year and a half, you feel good, you know, I can speak English. I can understand when people talk to me. Um, I love the city. I love everything. So I feel like I'm going to stay here for five years. And, it, you know, it goes very quickly. You go into the office. We talk 10 minutes. Oh, look, Wes, this is over. And I think that at the time, I didn't realize what was waiting for me, you know, because then I was supposed to sign in Germany and, you know, France, whatever. But it's like wherever I was going, I was expecting at least what I've got in Newcastle. Not in terms of salary, but the fans, the atmosphere. And I didn't find it. I've been to a few clubs, never found it again. That was the hardest bit, you know, because it's like I was chasing for a new Newcastle contract. Wherever I was going, I wanted Newcastle, you know. And even now, 10 years later, I'm not going to say I haven't moved on, but, you know, when you play for Newcastle United, it's something special, you know. Wherever you go, you expect at least the same love. I mean, is that like you've used your kind of past experience from when you were younger into kind of what you're doing now? Um, for those have you, uh, for those people who don't know what you're doing now, can you just explain what you're doing for, as as kind of part of? I know you're still playing, but as part of your life that's going to be after football. Yeah. Now, I mean, what I'm doing is um, I've got the players agent company. So because I'm not sure that I've made all the right choices. And, you know, to be su successful, it's not just about the talent. It's about choices, making the right decisions, you know. Uh, so I'm working with professional footballers and I've been struggling in what we call life after football. So um, I've, I've, I've made a training session for the people who stop playing football so they can be entrepreneurs. We show them how to, to make business. We give them the confidence back because when you play football, um, most of them, they speak few languages. Um, you've got the team spirit. You've got all them values that if you work in real life, you can be a plus. And I keep telling that to players because when they stop playing football, they feel really bad. They feel like apart from football, they can't do anything. So I'm really working on it because I want to make sure that when they stop playing football, they're not... Because, you know, now the players, when they stop playing football, four or five years later, no money left. And then the drink, and then, you know, the press, like, all of bad things. So I'm working on it, and people are giving me a lot of credit because when I stopped playing football, things got very hard for me. And now I feel like I have to give back. Football gave me everything. I have to give back. 
and I'm also working with um, unprivileged kids from rough areas to show them that, look, it doesn't matter where you come from. If you want to make it, you can, you know. Um, and yeah, I just want to share. And you know what? All the things that I've learned in England made me who I am today. You know, I remember I kept hearing people saying, giving back, giving back, giving back. When I was in Newcastle, giving back to the community, giving back and using the impact of football to do great things. And I'm enjoying it. You know, it's really, That's really, really great. Really I, I think, I think it's, I think it's, um, it's actually quite. You get a lot of admiration for that, Wesley, because to give back to something after you probably were very unfortunate in terms of having they said the two injuries that we spoke about earlier. To give something back is really, um, really, really good. Actually, I think you should be really, really proud of yourself a little bit. I have to ask about Newcastle today, and so we see under new ownership. We'll talk about the new ownership uh, a little bit later on. But I want to ask about Bruno Gamirez. You're the perfect man to talk about Bruno Gamirez. You've seen him play for Leon, and we've seen a handful of appearances of Bruno. And he obviously he's done he's done pretty well to start with that fantastic goal against Southampton last week. He seems to be growing into the Premier League. Did you have any doubts that he could transition from the French league to the Premier League? Because it is a big move, regardless. Um, I haven't got no doubts, but. I think that if they do it too quick, it's going to be wrong. You know, give him 45 minutes, 30 minutes, start him, um, get him on the bench so he can watch. And I think that Newcastle are doing well with him, you know, because it costs a lot of money. So if you play him straight away, people will expect a lot. You know, and he's a human being. He feels the pressure. But if you take your time and show him how he can play in the Prem, he's going to be a great player. Because he's got the ability, he's got everything. But now, like you said, the French League and the Premier League are completely different. You know, and I feel like he's playing, he's watching, like we can tell that he wants more. You know, he wants more. You can you can feel it. He comes in, he asks for the ball. <laughs> but at the same time, he signed a long contract. So, you know, he has to stay calm. And one thing, you know what I was saying earlier, the love. I can feel the love that the people is giving him. And I can tell that he's enjoying it. So it's going to help, you know. And it's like everybody is patient with him. And this is the best thing. He's going to be a great player for the club. 100%. Oh, yeah, he just looks a level above than what we're used to, given like how we're used to just penny pinching and not spending any money under Mike Ashley. And like his first few games when he was just trying to play out from the back when he's on our own touchline and we're all holding our breath going, when really we should be like, yeah, yeah fine. fine. It's what he does. It's he's he just does. a level he's above, a level isn't he? And you know what? The fact that Newcastle signed him, you're going to attract great players through him, you know, because you know that if you got Bruno on your team, you know the team is going to play. So, you know, if you want a great striker, through Bruno, you can attract him. So this is, you know what, this is a very clever move from the club. 
do you think Newcastle will stay up now, Wesley? I think 31 points isn't quite enough, but with nine Premier League games left this season, do you think that Eddie Howe can get the points? Do you think he can get that maybe a couple of wins from now at the end of the season to make sure that Newcastle will play in Premier League you know, football, football next season? season? You know what? It's not even about the points. It's about the spirit. The spirit is there, you know. And it's like, it's good that they've got, they got beat, but not at the end of the, the league, but now. So everybody can be back on, whoa, it's not done yet. Because you know when you, you win in five, six games, you might get a bit carried away. So, you know, you, you, need, that, you need that call again. That, Look, the Premier League is going to it's gonna be hard until the end. And the fact that they got beat now, you know, they're going to work even harder. And the, 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 the basics are there, so they're going to stay up, definitely. And the fans, they know that, okay, the money is there, but we're not going to be Mount City overnight, you know. So, like I said earlier, everybody is patient. Everybody knows what the club needs right now. And, you know, because a few months ago, who could say that in, uh, in March, Newcastle would be in this position, you know. So let's enjoy it, and I'm sure they're gonna they're gonna stay up. Absolutely. I mean, it was only the start of October. Johnny and I were stood outside Molyneux at Wolves after a two-one defeat, going, "Well, we're down, we're done. That's it, finished." And then all of a sudden, a week later, with the richest club in the world. So it's fun. It's funny how football works out sometimes, isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but it's like let's be honest. It's like if any fans in the world deserve a rich club, a new rich club, Newcastle United. It's like you see PSG, Man City, Chelsea, I mean, rich clubs all over the planet. And you start thinking, wait, what about us? And then, like <laughs> you said, all of a sudden, we became the, the richest club in the world. People were all around the stadium, all around the city. I've been on Instagram sending videos to everybody. Look, Newcastle, look. And it's like, you know, I remember the day I went on Facebook as I wrote, now you will see what I'm talking about. You know, I can screenshot and send it to you. Just finally, Wesley, um, can Newcastle United win the big trophies? I've never said this before to any of our guests. But will Newcastle United ever win a Premier League in the next... Will they, will they win a Premier League in the next 10 years, Newcastle? Yes, because what do you need to win a, to win a, a league? You need a group. You need, you know, everybody going into the same direction. And Newcastle United, they're ready for this. They're not going to win the league next year, but they will get closer and closer. And I'm sure that Maybe, you know, FA Cup, FA Cup or something. And that will give people more hope. And I'm sure that, look, if you think about it, there is an airport in Newcastle. The city is good. So it's not going to be so hard to attract big players. You know, because sometimes there is rich clubs in a city, you know, not a very nice city. But Newcastle, it's what? An hour and 30 minutes away from Paris. And, you know, it's well located. So I'm sure that the city plus 
everything about the club. Yeah, in the next 10 years, I see Newcastle winning titles, definitely. I mean, I'd just, I'd, I'd, I'm still not there yet mentally. I'm still, I'd, I'd... Step by step, though, you know. Yeah, yeah. Right, let's stay here and then let's try to, you know, finish in the top 10 and from there, going back up. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I'd take that next season just not being in a relegation battle or not have to worry just win some games and it's fine right. you, you know I'm sure if they, they, they start a season well next season I mean if they stay up they're going to stay up you know let's believe it um, if they start well it's going to be it's going to be very tough to catch them I'm not going to say they're going to win but I'm sure they're going to be in the top 10 Definitely, because to be successful, you need the, the club to be, how can I say, strong, you know, not change the manager, bring few players in, the players that you need, you know. And I, I feel like now uh, in the back, people are working very well. You know, they're looking at the right players, the, you know, they're looking at the right needs. And if you carry on this way, I'm sure that, you know, because if you think about Man City a few years ago, Deborah, Robinho, so many players that never had an impact. So Newcastle can learn from that, you know. And even Paris, I'm in Paris. I'm seeing Paris Saint-Germain throwing millions away. Deborah Neymar, it's not doing well. Messi, it's, you know, it hurts me to say that, but, you know, he doesn't score many goals. But Paris, they just want to be a brand. Mm. And Newcastle United is already a club. They've got everything. So I'm sure that they're not starting from the same, um, same way as Man City. Because Man City, before they had the new owners, the club was in a championship, Premier League championship. And, poof. and Newcastle is already strong. And this is the difference. Even Chelsea. Chelsea wasn't a huge club before. I mean, it was a big, a good club before Abramovich came in. But the difference with Newcastle is Newcastle has already history. Newcastle is already a big club. So everything's there. Everything's ready to go to go. Up. And this is a massive difference, I'm telling you. I really hope so. I really hope Newcastle can do what, what you said that they could do, Wesley. I think I think everyone's getting more optimistic by the day. But Wesley, it's been an, an absolute pleasure having you on the Good and Well on this show. It's been really good to, to talk all things Newcastle United. Uh, a big thank you to yourself. Thank you so much for coming along tonight, mate. No, thank you. I mean, if you need me for anything, you know, just send me a message, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll I'll always be pleased to talk about Newcastle United. You know, anytime. Top man. Top man. Sam, where can everybody listen to this podcast? Um, every podcast app available. I should just say as a quick reminder, because I was talking to the, the manager today, Newcastle women on Sunday have got the top of the table clash against Liverpool Feds on Sunday, 2 p.m. kickoff, Druid Park, and you'll be home in time to watch the Spurs game uh, against Newcastle at half past four. So go and give them your support. It's £3 entry. So get on down there on Sunday. 100%. I can only echo what Sam's just said there. But for myself, Jonathan Green and my co-host Sam Muller, and former Newcastle United fair Wesley Ingo Behang, 
We'll see you all very soon. Newcastle Fans TV.